0: Welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher in Utah, and I want to change the mental health game. The Therapy Thoughts Podcast is all about breaking down therapy related topics and making mental health information easy to understand and super accessible. So, join me for quick and direct educational episodes and some deeper dives with experts from around the world. Together, we are going to break down stigma. We're going to help each other make peace with mind, body, and food. We're going to make therapy cool and invest time in our mental health. Let's do it here, one therapy thought at a time. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Hey, everybody, Therapy Thoughts. Let's talk about self harm. I want to bring this topic up because March is Self Harm Awareness Month. Uh, it's a topic we need to be more open about, just like everything we discuss here on the Therapy Thoughts podcast. Stigma does not help, silence does not help. So we have to start off every mental health discussion understanding silence doesn't help, silence fuels shame and isolation. So let's talk about self-harm. No shame in our mental health game. It's often kept a secret because the shame around it, but you can overcome and recover self-harm. Uh, self-harm is, is sometimes called self-injury. And the what it is is hurting yourself on purpose. So some people do this through cutting with a sharp, sharp object. object. Other people you know, will burn or scratch themselves or may pull out hair or pick themselves. Sometimes this can become really extreme and it could be breaking their bones, hurting yourself, or even thinking about hurting yourself. This is a real issue that deserves treatment and help. People who are dealing with self-harm and self-harm urges are not broken people. This isn't a moral failing this doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. This happens to a lot of people. And deliberately hurting yourself is really a sign of not being able to cope with the pain or the impulse or the trauma, not being able to regulate emotion. This isn't a sign of you know any kind of weakness of identity or character or willpower. But when you deliberately inflict pain and damage to your own body, you know that you deserve treatment, you deserve help from here. Um, this happens to people of all ages. This happens to all types of people, regardless of sex, gender, identity. But what we see as the consistent factor here is this internal emotional harm. So there's emotional harm inside, emotional pain, um, emotional distress. And what's common with a lot of folks is the physical acting out of self-mutilation, self-harm, self-injury feels like a self sense of control. It feels like that pain is easier to deal with. Easier is a problematic word, but it's I can do something instead of dealing with the emotional pain, it can feel like a distraction, which is an effective distraction, but not adaptive, right? It's maladaptive. It may be effective in the moment, but it's not actually helping deal with the deeper emotional issue. Um, people can also start to combine like the the self-mutilation, self-injury, self-harm with other numbing, avoidant, harmful behaviors. alcohol drugs, you know, impulsive behaviors like that. So why do people do this? We see, like I said, a lot of shame, of uh, trauma. They might be trying to release pent up feelings, avoiding feelings. It might help numb out those feelings, those raw emotions. It's, um, a sense of like controlled danger and harm. Some people feel like they deserve this. It's self-punishment. And something that I think is helpful to know is that people who are harming themselves through self-harm don't want to die. This isn't a suicide attempt. It's, It's not looking to create an end of life, but rather coping with, pain that is outside of their window of tolerance so we'll see this connected to trauma verbal abuse sexual abuse physical abuse Um, this can also be indicative of other mental health problems depression anxiety borderline personality disorder all independent of trauma and then we see this across the lifespan again we'll often see a sharp rise in adolescence or early adulthood but this can happen at any time, um, you, might, you might think this is a cry for help or attention seeking, but that's the stigma talking. This is a way to cope with pain and to tolerate the mental pain. Uh, it's a coping mechanism for a lot of folks. It, it, it's not a sign of like, just pay attention to me. And I think the media that portrays that or the stigma that portrays that again is not helping the ultimate goal of getting people treatment and getting people recovered. We do see this develop most often in teenage and young adulthood years, though it can happen at any time in the lifespan. It is a risk factor if you've experienced trauma, neglect, or abuse. So... A lot of the same type of environmental factors that make any mental struggle risky, they make this risky. Um, Unstable family life. Going through something that gives you PTSD. Um, If you are abusing alcohol or drugs, that might increase your risk. There could be emotions inside of you that feel so overwhelming. This feels like a release that's easier to deal with. You also start to see like a cyclical relationship to self-harm with folks dealing with this. They want to rid the emotions, get that emotional numbness, get that emotional anesthesia through the pain. But then the pain is going to cause guilt and shame that increases negative feelings. So they want to hurt themselves again. And the cycle goes and goes and goes. And then sometimes it's just ritualistic or habitual There could be really strong triggers or, you know, emotions that trigger this or emotion or uh, thoughts or events that trigger it, but it also can just become ritualistic or ceremonial or connected to certain times or days. Again, self harm is not the same thing as, you know, attempting suicide, but when you look at self harm, you want to pay attention to it. It is serious. some FAQs, and I'm I'm referring to a couple resources that I've taught classes from, including Psychology Today, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Um, you can always find more resources on topics I introduce you to here on the podcast. I like NAMI, that National Alliance of Mental Health. It can give you education outside of the podcast as well. So, who's going to self harm? We know that it most often starts with teens and young adults, six to 14% of adolescent boys and then 17 to 30% of girls. But then adults can absolutely engage in self-harm. Doesn't mean you're suicidal. Not necessarily. Now can someone who is self-harming be suicidal or, you know, lead to a suicide attempt? Sure. But that's the case with a lot of things. Some people who are self-harming do go on to attempt suicide, but, it's not one and the same. Okay. It doesn't mean they're necessarily suicidal, but we're trying to self-soothe here. We're trying to cope with overwhelming pain. So if you look at your emotional thermometer and in the middle of your thermometers, your window of tolerance, the place where you are calm and regulated and stable and feeling like you can learn and engage socially, that's what we call the window of tolerance. And if it's a thermometer analogy, you're going to call it your degrees of freedom. So where on your thermometer, what degrees, what temperatures are you okay? Are you in that place of safety? And at what point do you hit your boiling point or your freezing point and you get kicked out? And then you get kicked into hyper arousal. So anxiety, panic, fight, flight. What happens in your life where you cross that barrier into hyperarousal and go into that fight or flight versus that freeze, that hypo arousal like hypothermia, what degrees on your thermometer drop you into there. And when you are dysregulated, you're no longer in that comfortable emotional regulated window of tolerance or degrees of freedom. You get kicked into hyperarousal, fight or flight, or kicked into hypoarousal freeze or fawn, and you are Unable to regulate emotions, you're just in your biological survival mode. What you're trying to do is self soothe, whether it's an eating disorder behavior, an impulsive acting out behavior, self harm. We see folks taking these measures to try to soothe, to try to regulate, to try to feel better. And that may not make logical sense, like, well, why would you hurt yourself physically if you're trying to feel better? Because the mental pain and the emotional suffering is numbed temporarily in this attempt so that that's kind of the neuroscience the the trauma perspective around this we we see everybody suspect to this this isn't just you know a male or female or non-binary issue it can happen to anyone at any age again it's something you got to pay attention to. Um, a lot of folks will do this in private because of the shame and secrecy and fear. So if you're struggling with this, I think the first thing you want to do, just like I did when I had my eating disorder, is you know, tell on yourself, getting help, asking for help. Um, if you have, if you have bite marks or cuts or scratches or burns, you can ask for help you can tell somebody like man i'm struggling like i i heard this podcast and i know this means like i'm trying to deal with something and and i think there's a better way out there um if you love someone who is dealing with self-harm or self-injury i think it's helpful to go back and listen to my podcast how do i help a loved one with an eating disorder because that podcast is just great rule of thumb of how do i help a loved one who's struggling but what you can do is try to have open communication. Don't react in like an emotional threatening way. But let's talk about this. Have compassion. You care, right? This is trying to cope with feelings and pain. This isn't, you know, any type of like failure on your part as a loved one. Care. Reach out, be compassionate, and then just be like super supportive. If you're listening to my podcast, I know you think therapy is cool, and I know you think meds are cool, and I know you're down to feel, deal, heal. So, we want to support the people in our lives who are struggling. Like, I'm here to support you. I'm not going to judge you. You could be dark and spooky with me, and I'm not going to run away. Like, I'm here for it. So, being there for them, being someone they can rely on, I think that's the best thing you can do. And if you're struggling with self-harm, I mean, I want you to get with your therapist and talk about how do I cope? When this urge comes up, I want you to learn urge surfing, riding those waves, those urges to hurt yourself and learn new coping skills that'll help you get out of that hyper arousal, that hypo arousal. Get, Get out of those places where you are unable to think straight or cope and learn Emotional regulation, learn how to regulate those highs and lows and cope and get back to a place that's comfortable and chill. You know, feeling can really suck. It can be really hard, but we can learn how to do it. And we can learn how to cope with these strong urges and emotions and impulses. And if you go to therapy, they'll work on a plan with you and do therapy to help you interrupt the self injury. You can learn new behaviors, you can learn how to cope. I mean, I know when I was recovering from my eating disorder, there were days where I was just battling. Gosh, man, I look back at those times and I'm, I think this is why I'm still so passionate about this work. Because I remember, I remember like it was today. And battling through an urge and trying to cope, it's possible. But you need that support. You need that therapy. You need people you can trust to talk to Um If you're self-harming or someone you know is self-harming, I want the message today to be like, look, recovery is possible. Um, There's there's more going on. It's not just about, you know, the self-injury or the self-harm. It's about this pain, right? The emotional distress. Is there underlying trauma, depression, anxiety? What else might be going on? And don't be afraid to talk about it. I know we are taught in this society to ignore and suppress and don't bring up hard things but you can like don't be afraid to ask these questions. And don't be afraid to talk about therapy like being like hey like if you had you know the flu we're going to go to the doctor or if you're having these physical problems we're going to go to a doctor like look if you're having these mental health problems let's see a therapist. Let's talk to a psychologist. Let's talk to a counselor. Like let's let's get it done there's no shame. I see you really cool, amazing, creative, funny, awesome people deal with self-harm. You are not broken and you're not alone. Help is possible. So this is just a rough introduction. Um, You know, self-harm awareness month. We're here to kind of like spread mental health support. And I think a good rule of thumb is let's talk. Let's talk about these things. Let's stop. Let's stop acting like, you know, us versus them when it comes to mental illness. We all know what it's like to have a strong urge. We all know what that's like. We all know what it's like to not want to feel something. And we all know what it's like to need help. And so if we're going to talk about hard emotions and the hard experiences, like I trust you to do that. You're listening to this podcast, so I know you're down. Um there's a couple things you can try to do to like get through those urges and your therapist will help you but some classic stuff is are things that'll help regulate your nervous system that thermometer I'm talking about when you get kicked out of your window of tolerance or your ability to just be okay and think clearly and your way emotionally triggered past your boiling point or freezing point there's things you can do to try to help you get back down in your window of tolerance and I it's a little bit frustrating for me to try to explain all of this on a podcast because there's no visual and I want to show you a visual and I made one. It's just a free download on my website. Um, You can get it through my Instagram. You've probably seen it if you follow me there, but it's, it's a really great visual uh, that shows you the window of tolerance thermometer. So you can go download that on tiffanyrow.com under the freebies uh, we can put a link to that here in the show notes as well. But what it'll show you is there's specific things you can do when you're kicked outside of your window of tolerance to help you get back regulated. Grab an ice cube and let it melt in your hand. It's a distraction. Uh, take a super hot shower, go for a walk around your block, have a bracelet you can kind of snap against your wrist, have a journal you can scribble with, have like a meditation on hand. But we want a combined mind body here to help get through urges. Um I'll link that download to help you because I think the visual is really powerful. Y'all, thanks for tuning in for, you know, a heavy one. Recovery is possible. This stuff isn't a joke. There's no such thing as like just trying to get attention because even if that were the case, which I don't even know what that means, wouldn't that warrant some like attention like if someone's trying to do that to get attention isn't there something more to that like i'm I'm so sick of us like trying to dismiss and downplay mental health issues like this matters your feelings matter i know it's hard to understand but try to understand um no one wants to be like having these kinds of impulses and urges it's not like people are like i want to deal with this right so approach this with compassion curiosity, just like support and commitment to self and others. Um, I've worked with tons and tons of clients who are recovered from this. And from time to time, if they relapse, we work through it in therapy and we keep on trucking. So you got this. Um, If you're getting something out of this podcast, subscribe, leave us some comments, rate, and uh, share with people who might benefit from this knowledge and benefit from the education you get here. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in. May you be well. Thanks for listening to the Therapy Thoughts podcast, but remember, this podcast is not therapy. This is for general informational purposes only. The information on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any condition, illness, or disease. This also isn't intended to be financial, legal, medical, or therapeutic advice. Make sure you're always working with your own personal, licensed mental health counselor. May you be well.